Welcome to the Goracom podcast, where investors discover great small cap companies. Thank you for taking Agoracom with you and make sure to follow our podcast. Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, a production of Goracom in which we take the time to speak with small cap CEOs after they put out put after they put out big news with us today for the first time, an old friend of mine. Uh, a great industry stalwart, but as far as you're concerned for ortho regenerative, uh, a new face, Philippe Deschamps, he's CEO of the company, trades in Canada under the stock symbol ORTH, and for our friends in the U.S. under ORTIF. For those new to the story, here's what you need to know to understand the company. It's an amazing story. First of all, have you ever torn, or anyone you know, or a favorite athlete, a muscle, a rotator cuff, meniscus, cartilage, right? Here's everything to know about that. We all think that care and repair is pretty standard. We hear athletes all the time say they're going to go and have some surgery. But it's a massive problem with failed surgeries. How big? Rotator cuffs, 20 to 50% can have failure rates sometimes. Meniscus, 20 to 40. Cartilage, 15 to 35% failure rate. It's a major problem. Philippe is going to explain why to us in a minute. But what you need to know is uh, Ortho solves this problem through a proprietary restore technology platform, which dramatically improves the success rate of orthopedic and sports medicine surgeries. How big is the market? Billions. Rotator cuff is a $600 million plus. Meniscus tear repair, over a billion. Cartilage repair, over a billion. It's big. And ortho has got a leg up on it. Philippe, welcome to the show, my friend. Well, thank you so much, uh, George. It's, uh, it's great to see you again and uh, very nice to be on the show. Uh, great to have you on. I think it's going to be a treat for everybody who's watching or listening because you've got a long track record of success. You're the new CEO at the company. And what I want to ask you is this. I know, and now people at home are going to know, that you probably had your pick. You know, you went into a small reti- small R retirement period like we all do in between, in between companies. Uh, and you must have had your pick of what you wanted to spearhead next. What is about ortho-regenerative that, that you, where you said, yes, that's where I'm going? That's actually a really interesting question, George, because, um, uh, you know, I, I, I did set a set of filters for myself. Uh, I love this industry, uh, the healthcare industry, because you always feel like you're doing something good for people. Uh, and, uh, and I had a, a set of criteria. In fact, uh, as uh, I was contacted by Ortho, uh, I sort of did my own diligence, you know, I, I say, okay, because I know if I'm going to be CEO, I'm going to be an investor by by definition. So I said, okay, what do I want to know about this company? And uh, I was uh, fascinated. Uh, and most of this diligence I did uh, on my own, uh, rather than uh, sort of talk to the board or talk to the uh, to the organization. I thought it'd be kind of interesting to take you through uh, what it was I discovered through that, uh, that, uh, that made me want to, to become the CEO and not only the CEO, but uh, but an investor, I participated quite significantly in the in the raise that I know you're going to talk to me about in a couple of minutes. <laughs> so what did you see about? So when you did your due diligence, look, I explained to everybody in layman's terms yeah. uh, wh- where Ortho is at and what it's doing. What do you see from your deep dive as a CEO and as a as a real as a real leader in the space? What did you say where you said I think Ortho Regenerative has a real chance of success here? So, you know, one of the toughest things to do in healthcare is is to build a market. Um, and so one of the first things that any CEO wants to know is, is there a market? How difficult is it going to be con- to convince surgeons? You know, surgeons are people that sort of are routine, that they, they love the, 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 the sort of the repetitiveness. 
And what I discovered is the, the multi-billion dollar market that you described in your introduction is real. Not only it's real, uh, uh, doctors have been trying to find ways to solve the issue of re-tears and, uh, and surgeries that, uh, that don't go well. In fact, uh, my patient number one was my wife, Nicole. She had tear in both uh, shoulders. She had one repaired, never had the second one repaired because the recovery was so incredibly painful uh, that uh, she just says, I'll live with my arm not going higher than that. Uh, so, so I, I had a very personal, uh, a very personal uh, knowledge about uh, what can happen here. So, the the, the most interesting part, though, is uh, as I said, uh, building a market is is difficult, especially when you have something innovative. So, what happens is it, in the U.S. in particular, uh, since there was such dissatisfaction with the uh, with the surgical repair of soft tissue, and I'll explain why in, in a couple of seconds here. Um, that doctors were trying to use this substance in your blood called PRP, platelet-rich plasma. Platelet-rich plasma is about 10% of your blood, and uh, you, uh, you obtain it by spinning the blood, and it's a, it's a particular layer of blood. And all of the stuff that helps repair, let's say you cut yourself, exists in that layer of blood. Right. So that's the stuff that and everybody knows that that's a pretty simple, uh, you know, that's uh, that blood helps fix uh, stuff that goes wrong with your your skin, or your body. Right. Um, and so doctors have tried to take this PRP and inject it uh, in uh, in the surgical site. And the problem is that this PRP stuff is 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 uh, it's like water. So when you when you inject it in the site, you, so you physically repair the, uh, the 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 tear, and then you put this on with the hopes of bringing the the uh, the repair material, so to speak, to the spot. And the problem is it doesn't stay on. Uh, and so and the reason that that's a problem is that um, uh, this um, uh, these soft tissues. Uh, if you look at them uh, under light, they're white. They don't have any blood supply. And so if you have your bone right here and you're trying to, to, to tie something on, it's just physically repairing them by suturing them or putting a staple or something like that to bring the two sides together. And that's why for six weeks after you do that, you have to be immobile so that there is so that the, uh, the, the physical repair happens. So everybody wants to bring this the, the, the power of the blood, so to speak, to the site. So you surgically repair it, then you put PRP on there. So what the Polytechnic in Montreal does, uh, knowing this, uh, this issue, this is the, the, uh, essentially the people who developed this, uh, this product, is they, they did some really fancy chemistry uh, with this substance called ketazan. It's been around for a long, long time, has been proven safe, and some special, uh, some special chemistry that makes the blood product uh, like toothpaste. And further, it's positively, it, it's like, exactly. And because it's electrically charged, it also sticks to tissue. So where PRP might stay for 24 to 72 hours, when you put the ortho-R uh, compound or mix uh, onto the, it stays on for weeks, uh, up to six weeks. So essentially, that's significant. That's a significant. Uh, indeed, indeed. Uh, so so it uh, so it it allows uh, the the repair to happen. So what we uh, now that we're completed uh, the uh, the preclinical work, uh, we're really glad to we've uh, built the clinical trial and uh, and uh, we're going to be able to see uh, the the effects of this. And just to, to give you a, an inkling of what got me excited, uh, histology is basically taking a picture of the tissue 
Um, and as again, as part of the, the diligence process and looking at this, I saw the histology of, of, uh, of these tissue, um, uh, soft tissue, and it's essentially looks like a bundle of cells, right? Uh, and uh, even lay people can understand what that looks like. And it's nice and orderly. Then you looked at the uh, the repair uh, of a torn uh, of a torn soft tissue, and it looked uh, like scar tissue. Uh, so there's no organization, and that's why the retear as you uh, the re the incidence of retear is in the uh, uh, yeah it's in the it's in the 50, 60 percent uh, for shoulders. Um, and uh, when we looked at the uh, the ortho R repaired uh, tissue, uh, it uh, looked eighty percent like native tissue. Uh, so it does uh, give us a lot of promise. We still have to do the trial, but it does give us a lot of promise that uh, that we'll be able to help uh, somebody, uh, these people, very, very significantly. So, so, so all of this. Sorry for the long uh, explanation, but all there is to say this. Yeah. So this is this is why the product was really cool. So, but the second part to complete my thought on sort of developing a market is the market's already developed, right? Uh, in the sense that surgeons have been trying to bring this uh, this kind of treatment to the play, uh, and uh, they've used stem cells, they've used adipose tissue, and of course PRP. Uh, and in 2017, the FDA basically said, "Stop everything. Uh, none of this is proven. In order for uh, for you to use this and, and to promote the use, you have to get what's called a biologic license application, uh, or a BLA." And so the uh, the and, and FDA basically said, okay, we're going to give you three and a half years to clean up your act, uh, and then we're going to start uh, you know start sending sending letters, so to speak. And in May 2021, uh, because of COVID, it was extended by about six months. The letters started going out. So what Ortho had you talk about cease and desist letters. Cease and desist letter. Yeah. Wordcom regen. Yeah. Regen. That's right. So, but but I, I want to be I want to be yeah I want to be precise here, George. So so a surgeon, right? Any doctor can prescribe any drug and do anything on their own based on their medical knowledge, right? So uh, so doctors and clinics can continue to try to use PRP and so on and so forth, but they can't advertise the fact that they do. And so that's the part. So it's it's the promotion of this kind of I'm giving false hope because the studies that uh, showed uh, uh, you know, roughly 30, 30, 30, it's not quite that, but 30, 30, 30, where a little bit of benefit in 30, uh, no benefit in 30, and uh, actually negative uh, benefit in, in 30. So and that sort of tells you that it's something that uh, that really doesn't work uh, in any way well. Uh, so, uh, so now when FDA said, uh, okay, uh, stop, uh, everybody has to get a license, uh, ortho, um, sometimes be better be lucky than good. Uh, they had uh, started to uh, work with the Polytechnic and University Lab doesn't know anything better than to do things by the book, right? And so they'd already started to do all of the preclinical work and they completed that work back in December. We got, uh, we got uh, an IND from the FDA. And so now, lo and behold, uh, ortho is leading uh, in the development of uh, this PRP technology uh, in uh, in entering human trials. Uh, well, it's almost like Forrest Gump with the, as the last shrimp boat. Everybody else, <laughs> everybody else, kind of got beached, and here and here comes little ortho regenerative right up the middle with a wide open market sitting in front of it. it indeed, and so so when uh, and if uh, you know, and we're going to prosecute this clinical trial, and and uh, and look, this is a phase one two program. 
so for those of you, uh, for, the, for your audience, uh, phase one, two is the safety profile. So, uh, so this will primarily be a safety study. But since we're using our own blood and ketazan, which is something that, uh, that's been around for a long time, we're, we're uh, fairly certain that there's not going to be any safety issues here. Um, so uh, uh, after we finish uh, this work, we'll do the, the phase three work, but we're going to get a really, really good idea here uh, over the next uh, year, year and a half uh, to complete this, uh, this trial, uh, what the benefits are going to be. And, uh, and since there are several uh, orthopedic companies uh, that uh, that are looking uh, and that try to develop, uh, you know, they have surgical tools for these kinds of surgery uh, and uh, and or vesicles that help uh, make uh, PRP, uh, and uh, and they're looking for the PRP stuff that will actually uh, uh, allow them to uh, to expand uh, their treatment. So when and if we get uh, cleared here, uh, we're going to be able to uh, to step into a market that already exists. Uh, and that just never happens. And it, uh, and it really needs a solution. Not exactly. And, and it's just so... Philippe, that you've got the attention of a lot of orthopedic companies out there, or a lot of companies in general who are looking at ortho right now and saying, okay, hey, you guys are kind of in the kind of in the driver's seat? Let well, I can tell you that uh, my announcement went out two weeks ago and uh, I've gotten four calls uh, so far uh, from uh, from companies who are looking to um, uh, to say, hey, uh, you know, is there uh, is there a way that we can participate together? So uh, so I think, uh, uh, you know, my job is to make sure that uh, we uh, we do right by our shareholders and uh, and to do, a you know, actually beyond reproach a clinical trial take the time that it takes to do this right if you're in the lead you don't want to skimp on something you want to make sure that you do it really really well uh, and we're working with uh, with a company called the McCraw in the US MCRA uh, their whole clinical research organization was founded on orthopedic surgeon uh, clinical research uh, so uh, so my predecessor uh, Claude Leduc uh, was uh, really uh, clairvoyant in, in selecting amazing partners. Uh, we have the lab at the Polytechnic, making sure the science is uh, is uh, is beyond reproach. Uh, so uh, we'll do a we'll do a really good job, and my job is to generate interest. Uh, and uh, when we I finish, just to ask you that. So, what are you going to what in the in the meantime while you're waiting for the this first clinical trial phase to to take place over the next twelve months, twelve and eighteen months or so? Yeah. Um, are you, I'm assuming you're going to be out there banging the doors, talking to potential. What is your end game? Do you want to take do you want to take this technology all on your own? It gets through the trials and you become your own you know, company where you're selling or you want to join ventures, partnerships. What, what's the way you want to go on distribution? Look, uh, I think that um, my, my sense, uh, George, is that uh, we're going to know much more than you usually know out of phase one, two trials and res with respect to uh, the tissue quality and all those kinds of things. And my sense Ooh. after this work, uh, which again, 18, 24 months tops, uh, we'll get to uh, we'll get to a place where uh, we'll be able to uh, to find a partner. Uh, so I, the kinds of partnership that I haven't decided yet whether uh, we're going to sort of get an investor and first write a refusal kind of thing where we can get an injection to an injection of cash uh, to uh, to finish the phase three work uh, or an outright exit uh, is is yet to be told. Uh, but um, uh, but my job is to make sure that uh, we uh, we do really really good science. Uh, so that uh, anybody, uh, I know we're in the lead. I, I've 
gone to uh, uh, we've I've gone to uh, clinicaltrials.gov. I've looked for every possible uh, company to uh, be doing this kind of work uh, in the PRP world, and uh, and we're in the lead. Uh, so uh, it's hard to believe small uh, little uh, $8 million company. <laughs> it's hard to believe that we're in the lead, but we are. Uh, so well, it's in a lot uh, of ways it's like the tortoise and the hare. Cause it sounds like uh, the FDA said to everybody, it sounds like everyone was really running over themselves to get to this market. And you know, when you run fast, you stumble, whereas ortho regen and polytechnique was going really slow, steady, you know, it was the tortoise, not the hare. And that's what, that's what's put you there. Yeah, you know, in fairness, uh, George, uh, I don't think there is. This was a sort of an ill will, wild west. I think it was more. Uh, I think it was more uh, just a need. Uh, there was a clinical need here that was unsatisfied, and doctors wanted to help their patients. And you know, taking a patient's own blood and trying to to get the sort of the repair stuff in sight is a perfectly logical thing for a surgeon to want to do. It's just that it didn't work, uh, and uh, because it needed some uh, some extra uh, some extra innovation to try and make it practical and useful. Uh, and so, uh, uh, so when I uh, when I again when I was sort of looking at uh, at the ortho uh, advisory board. And uh, and I saw a video, and I I, I'm, I don't know if I, I guess they they meant it. The surgeon starts putting this uh, as they're trying the the product, and they start putting this on the uh, on I guess it was the sheep that uh, was doing the clinical trial, and his uh, his reaction was oh wow, <laughs> right? So they didn't expect that. I'm sure they didn't ask him. It was a spontaneous reaction. Yeah, it was a spontaneous reaction. So, uh, so that was uh, that was kind of fun. Uh, fun I to think hear. Of a game changer, Philippe. If everything goes well, that doesn't mean perfect. Not not anything goes perfect. No. But if everything goes well and as hoped and planned, how big of a ta- of a game changer is this is this platform going to be? So, so I think you know when we talk about investments, we always talk about the sort of the size of the market. I think this could be a, a you know between a, a four and six billion dollar market. Uh, for this kind of, of surgery, there's roughly around three and a half million of these surgeries every year, uh, and uh, and so uh, and you know and I think we'll be the first indicated because uh, we're going to make sure that the clinical trials are done uh, post haste, uh, and so I think we'll be uh, we'll take a lion's share of uh, of that market, and uh, and uh, our potential partners uh, will certainly want to uh, to step into to that uh, that market with us. Uh, so that uh, that's the, uh, the the one way of uh, of doing it. Game changer with respect to uh, to whether this is uh, is going to work. We have some really cool, solid uh, early evidence of the uh, the tissue being significantly different. So that's what I'm sort of leaning on uh, that uh, that uh, the the repair should produce a, a more thorough uh, thorough repair uh, that will last longer and uh, potentially uh, be a little bit uh, faster in the recovery. But we don't know that yet. That's why the research gets done, and that's why FDA wanted the research to be done so we could actually uh, put proof to the claims that we make. So uh, so we'll see. But it sounds like, and then we're going to hop on to the private placement. It sounds like it's more question now of degree, not if. This isn't the case of if it might work. Now it's a case of how well will it work. Uh, yeah. But anything that's a, you know, anything that's a pretty good achievement will probably make a, a massive impact in the market. 
Yeah, that's a that's a good way of putting it. Uh, because you know, there's a when when there's a problem to solve, you know, people just don't uh, surgeons just don't take this stuff and, and and try it. They try it in cadavers first, and they try and 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 they try it in, in animals first. And uh, uh, and there's no question when you could keep a, a wound open and you put the PRP on there and you're able to isolate the uh, the animal. Uh, it's it's uh, uh, it, it works. Uh, so um, so I work confident that it's going to uh, it, it's going to perform uh, the way that uh, we expect it to and we don't expect uh, any safety issues because uh, again all of the uh, uh, all of the component parts are, are tried and true but you know research is research uh, you never you never really know and that's why you do it there's, a, there's that old saying in sports that's why you take the field you still got to, <laughs> even though you got the theory down and you have a pretty good idea of what's going to happen you still got to take the field so okay so that's great but sounds very promising now Skeptics out there might say, well, you know, Philippe is a new CEO. What's he going to say? Of course, it's what he's going to say. So yeah. we always look for third party validation. And, and today you announced the closing of a $3 million private placement. So this isn't just you and the ortho, you know, board talking your book and hoping to throw something on the wall and see that sticks. Uh, you've got $3 million private placement behind you. What does it say that shareholders and insiders continue to support uh, the company, the sizable investment. What should we read into that? Look, um, I, I think uh, uh, one, it's a, it's a great question, and it's a it's a real testament to to this story because uh, and and you know, I, look, I don't want to be a revisionist. I don't know why this part of the story was not uh, made uh, you know, sort of uh, published more widely. Uh, but certainly the insiders uh, know uh, and the principal investors, because you'll see uh, where you'll see uh, uh, if you look at, uh, at who invested, it's the same crew uh, because they know uh, the dynamics uh, that uh, that uh, are, are, that support this. Uh, and so part of my job, you asked what I'm going to do is part of my job is going to be telling this story. That's why I'm with you today. Uh, one, it was really nice to connect back uh, with you, uh, but I, I want to tell the story. Uh, and it's a story that's uh, that's based on really good science and a regulatory framework that uh, that everyone can check on. Uh, and uh, and uh, right now, uh, you know, we're trading at a 52-week low easily. Uh, never raise money at this uh, at this level. Uh, and uh, when I look at all the comparators, uh, we should be, uh, you know, at this stage, uh, three, four times what uh, our stock price is. Uh, so, uh, so I'm hoping, uh, you know, we'll try to do a little cleanup in the balance sheet. That's always, uh, always uh, important to do for small companies. And, uh, and then uh, we'll be in a place where, uh, uh, where we'll be able to hopefully create uh, significant value for people coming into this story now. And let's remember, I mean, and we're not giving financial advice, especially me, but let's remember that. Warren Buffett created one of the greatest uh, wealth, uh, one, of the, one of the greatest wealth creation of all time by identifying undervalued companies. And where now mm -hmm. I, I'm not going to sit here, I can't sit here and say Ortho is one of them, but uh, mm -hmm. don't look at undervalued as being a reason to stay away. You got to do your due diligence. That's the message. How far does the $3 million take you, Philippe? <laughs> So it'll take us through the balance of this year, uh, and uh, we're going to that that should uh, be very very close to finishing uh, the uh, recruitment of the trial. Uh, and I think that uh, once the trial is uh, is recruited or or close to to being recruited, uh, that uh, people will be, excuse me, will be um, uh, energized uh, about the possibilities because after that, uh, there's not uh, there's not sort of. Uh, once that's completed, it's just waiting. Uh, it's a one-year uh, one follow-up study to see about re and things like that. 
Uh, so once the recruiting is done, uh, then the the end of the trial is prescribed. Uh, so we feel that uh, investors at that time are going to be, uh, especially if uh, if we get to uh, to speak to more of them, uh, investors at that time are, are going to have a little more, uh, not a little, a lot more information uh, than investors today do. So that's why it's probably a riskier investment today than it will be back the, then. But uh, you know, high risk, high reward kind of thing. Yep, yep that, that's definitely the case. Uh, so give us a give us um, an outlook. We're in April now. Of yep. What the cadence ballpark of the rest of the year look like? You know, when does it, when does the, are the selections official for the trial? When does, just give us a bit of a cadence so we got an idea of what to what what to look for as far as milestones throughout the year. Sure. So we got the IND in December. <laughs> And there's another really good, well kept secret because right at the same time the COVID uh, the COVID uh, uh, wave five hit, uh, and uh, and it was Christmas time, so uh, nobody really heard uh, that uh, that we got it. So I, I don't think that the marketplace uh, got its proper respond. Um, uh, but uh, look, so uh, typically it takes about uh, four to six months to to get all the clinical trial sites. Uh, as I said, the team did a, an amazing job. They've identified the nine sites. We've already uh, we've already initiated uh, two sites. Uh, the data safety monitoring board is going to be in place tomorrow. That means all uh, we're shipping uh, we're shipping uh, the, the the product to these sites. Uh, we should have four sites uh, up and running by the end of April, uh, and then you know two or uh, two or uh, two more uh, two or three more per month. So I think by you know, end of May, June, we'll have all uh, all nine or ten sites uh, up and running, uh, and then um, you know, typically when we uh, do this, and, and I fully appreciate that everybody looking out there, uh, when people forecast clinical trials, they sort of uh, look a little jaundiced way, but. Uh, but the surgeons that I spoke to in the initiation visit said, they, look, they do four or five of these surgeries a day. Uh, and uh, and we're looking for 75 patients uh, in 10 sites. Uh, so, uh, you know, when you're doing a clinical trial, it's, it's a little more involved. Uh, so, you know, but we're hoping for, you know, we're forecasting about 1.5 to two patients a month. Uh, and so hopefully uh, finish recruiting the trial uh, by the end of the year, first quarter next year kind of thing. And then a one-year wait uh, for uh, for uh, for this, and uh, we're just uh, doing these the uh, the statistical analysis plan as we uh, as we speak, and we'll see if we can uh, uh, see if there's a way of taking a peek midway through the uh, uh, the, the site. But you know, who knows? Those in those are things meantime, that are going. If George signs up as somebody in April, and Bob signs up, and Mary signs up, someone in May and June. Yep. Do you start getting early results. Do you start getting results from them earlier, or do you wait for all of them till the end and you batch them all together? So we're we're deciding that literally as we speak. Uh, so uh, I don't want to get too technical here, but in statistics, uh, when uh, when you take a peak, uh, there's a statistical penalty. Uh, so uh, so you right. uh, you want to be careful in, in how you do that. So uh, and since. Yeah. So, so look, you know, we'll, uh, we'll know that people will have completed uh, the trial uh, and look, it, it, the, the, the difference is going to be marginal, right? The, 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 the big, um, uh, the big milestone is going to be finishing the recruitment because everybody then will be able to predict there's my last patient is going to happen. If, if uh, they happen in December of this year, the study will be done in December 23. Uh, there's, you know, there's no ambiguity. Uh, so, uh, so, uh, so that's I what I. Those surgeons are going to be anxious. Gonna, hey, hey, George, come on in. Look, we know we're having problems with your shoulder, but there's something new out there, and we, 
And George says, yeah, I'm suffering. Sure. I'll yeah, be part of I, I really, I really hope so. Uh, and, uh, and I, I participated in, uh, in the, the site initiation visit. Uh, so I was just lucky to hit the, the second one uh, that was uh, done. And, and the surgeon uh, <laughs> there was like, well, I'm starting to look at my uh, next uh, six to eight weeks here uh, to see who I can select uh, for the trial. So that was encouraging. All right, Philippe, look, a lot of energy, a lot of great information. You've given some new information that I wasn't even aware of, especially this kind of moratorium. I think the most important thing that came out of this is, you know, the FDA put a moratorium on so many companies and started sending out cease and desist letters in May of 2021. And here's ortho now because of Polytechnique, you know, at the, at the head of the table. I think your words were, uh, we are in the lead, right? So I know. Uh, as far as I can tell, I mean, I did my own diligence, and I couldn't find another PRP trial uh, ready to uh, ready to rock. So, uh, so we're uh, we're in a uh, good way. And the FDA, uh, look, it's uh, it's uh, like I said, sometimes better be lucky than good. Uh, so that uh, that worked out well for us. It worked out for Forrest Gump. Hopefully, it works out for. <laughs> Thanks, Philippe. And by the way, great. I'm glad. Uh, look, I've known you for a long time. I know what you're capable of doing. And I'm glad now the shareholders of Ortho Regenerative uh, are also seeing that as well. So thanks for joining us. Can't wait to have you back on soon, my friend. Uh, you're very, uh, very kind, uh, George. Nice to see you again. We'll uh, we'll talk again soon. For everybody at home, you've been watching or you've been listening by podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google, your favorite podcast platform. To Philippe Deschamps, he's the new CEO of Ortho Regenerative Technologies. Trades in Canada under O-R-T-H, and for our friends in the U.S. under O-R-T-I-F. For those who are new to the story and you want to start your due diligence, two ways to do that. First, get to the company's profile page on Agoracom, because we know there's a lot of science and a lot of moving parts, so we give you a good thousand-foot overview to really understand the company, kind of like how you heard my intro, so a little deeper than that, so you get a good feel for the company. And then when you're ready for your deep dive due diligence, click right over the ortho website, to the ortho website, do your deep dive and hopefully discover your next great small cap company. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day. See you next time. Hey guys, this podcast is over. But don't forget to help your company by liking it or even leaving a comment. And then don't forget to help yourself by following us on Spotify, Google, Apple, or on your favorite podcast platform so you will never miss another one great Agora Gomez Small Cap Podcast.